Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tuning in to Chaos Culture Radio. Dropping knowledge in the studio, you already know. Ladies and gentlemen, check out my new song on all streaming platforms, iTunes, Google Play, Brown Dollars, Wild Hustle. South Circle, Circle South. Hustle, hard, hard, hustle. Uh-huh. DK, check it. Was out here trying to hustle, boy, get a dollar. Used to whip Impala, so these bitches follow. See, life's what it's worth, that's a nigga motto. Getting all this money, wanna fuck a model. Mama, we gon' make it, we gon' see tomorrow. If a nigga got beef, more meat Diablo. Used to spin a block, now I spin a beans. Thank you for tuning in to Chaos Culture Radio. This is Prince Hakeem. And this is your man, Ronnie Vaughn. Hey, Hakeem, what's happening? What's going on? Chillin', chillin', family. You know, we back at it again once more time. Trying to get this business all together. What's cracking with you? Nothing much, man. I'm just doing my my normal research, trying to see what's going on in society, what's going on in the world. Oh, same here, man. Um, Especially what's going on in our community. What about you, boss? Um, just doing the same thing, just trying to analyze how we can make the community better. You know what I mean? Especially, um, especially trying to get a lot of these young brothers' jobs out here. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, the pandemic, um, we don't took a hit on the job force. And um, there's a solution for that. But the solution I have for it, it, it's even having some issues. Right. You know what I mean? So, you know, today, people, we want to talk about black business ownership and why it's very crucial and important to the survival of black people in America. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And why there's so many layers to it, why it can help us get jobs, um, allow us to rebuild the community allow us to be involved in more in politics. You know what I mean? Because capitalism is main is the main stay in trying to get stuff going. And if there's no business ownership in a black community, it, we, we, we're bound to fail. Malcolm X once said, when you rely on your enemy to give you a job, you're in bad shape. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. That's a fact. Um, most of the time, and especially when it comes to black businesses and ownership, uh, we tend to have an issue with that in our community because our community are always taught that um, the white man want to go down, the white man don't want us to strive, the white man don't want us to make it. There's nothing happening for us. Like, it makes us play the call of the victim. That being said, by them allowing us to play the call as a victim, um, we're not owning anything. Um, our ownership now, especially when it comes to home ownership, um, jobs, careers, businesses, we have been declining for for the past year, 
our percentage has been dropping now. Blacks are not owning anything at all, including homes, which is very which is very unusual this time around. Because normally um, we would try to try to own something, but blacks have lost courage of trying to own anything because it seemed that nothing, anything where we're trying to push for for us, it seemed like it's not working for us. No, so definitely. I agree with you 100%. You know, that's many layers to a bigger problem. But the thing about it, what kills me is we had great examples of black um, business ownership for generations before us. You know what I mean? You yes. had Tulsa, Oklahoma with Black Wall Street. You had um, um, Durham, North Carolina. You had places in Florida where, um, you know, we had thriving communities um, where, and you know, Tuskegee Institute where we was um, producing and manufacturing our own goods and um, lawyers, doctors, um, veterinarians, you name it, we think it, you know, the HBCUs were putting them out there. And a lot of these dudes were self-employed, um, bringing value to the community. But since integration and since we've been, since our parents been teaching us that the only way you can succeed in life is to get a job and to go to school, we tend to fall to that narrative. And that narrative uh-huh. is to just, hey, I'm just going to go here, get my criminal justice degree, and I'm going to work at um, a correctional facility. And that's it. Come on, man. That's ain't no life. You know, I mean, you ain't helping the community like that. You can't get nobody no jobs. So, yeah. But, yeah. But the problem is most of us remember we've been taught. We already know the white, the, the white community household, the Spanish community household and other races are taught differently than the black culture. Facts. Our, most of our black culture, we was taught this is to go to school, be, you know, working class citizen that's it they don't teach us nothing about owner ownership or how to own something they know we know we've been taught that and then, you know you know the funny thing is i'm not gonna lie like the other day like when i when i seen like other culture like the spanish community especially in miami you see the spanish community you see how they constantly keep owning stuff and now that they actually own stuff in our even in our own community they own more things than ever before and they were like wow and i'm like and they coming from overseas owning things. I'm like, what's going on here? I come to people from overseas is coming over here, getting all this opportunity and we that actually live here is not even seeing the benefit of it. Mindset. That's it amazing. is the mindset. Mm-hmm. So, just, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. There's something I quickly want to read to a lot of people. And these are just statistics because, you know, I like to give statistics and numbers behind it. Black and African-American owns approximately 124,551 businesses with about 28 percent of those businesses in healthcare, social assistance sector and the highest percentage of any minority group. So you're talking about 125,000 in America. That's it. And it's 40 million black people. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? What's that, what, less than percent? Yeah, it? yeah. And then on the average, you already know, the black household between the man and the woman, they only make about 30, 38 to 32,000 32, a year the most. Yeah. So we already lost the gap when it comes to white white communities because white community they make more than that. They make, four, they make 52 to 42,000 a year. Mm-hmm. So we don't make enough to even own anything. It's, and that remember, that's also included with um, college degrees. People don't understand that actually includes with college degrees. No, definitely. It's, but here's the thing: is very telling about our situation. Situation we're desperately in, and this is why I say it's important for us to understand situation that we're got we're, we've gotten ourselves into, and why that we need to reeducate everybody from your kids on up. Sometimes some people are going to have to suffer, but to make sure the next generation has something left, we need to start breeding 
more business owners, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. More entrepreneurs, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I wish there was an apartment building that was black owned. They might be a little bit more lenient, with, but you know what I mean? You don't have people like that, you know? So it's like, it's a very small number of people with capital to start on, operate their own business. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's just surprising to see that. And you know, the one that, um, the one that's, that really struck the minds to me is like black people are not trying to own homes. You understand? I understand if you don't want to own a business. Some 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 black folks just want to um, have their own. They want to be regular citizens. They just want to go to work, you know, take care of their family, and that's it. But more, majority of them live in rental property. They're not even owning the property, so it's kind of it's, it's kind of disturbing because they say it has been declining since 2012. Black people been not trying to own anything, so it's like wow. No, I and, I, I definitely get that. And now with this pandemic, it actually made it worse because black unemployment rate has skyrocketed to the roof. It is. Um, it has skyrocketed to the roof because a lot of those jobs that was available are not available anymore. People are going remote. So this is why it's more important than everybody to take this opportunity to try to build a business and take a risk on yourself to forward. You know what I mean? Get you a side hustle. Have a side hustle. You know what I'm saying? That actually pays well where you can feed your family. That's yeah. And I yeah, I don't know. Have you noticed? Like, people are actually starting to do side hustles. I have been noticing that, like, a lot of women that like to cook, now they're starting to do their own catering. They're catering things. Like, they're selling their own food no, to regular definitely. people. So that's actually a good idea. People that do hair are starting to do hair. Man, I do haircuts. I starting to do haircuts. Without even having a um a barber's, you know, barber license, because they're trying to make side money because thirty two thousand a year is is not enough, especially in Miami. It's definitely not. You know, in so, Miami, it takes seventy seven thousand just to live comfortable. Yeah, in Miami, yes, seventy seven thousand to live comfortable in Miami, and that's just on the um, and that's just on the average. That's just on the average. I don't, I don't know if that also includes them having a house. I don't know if that's just a including them just having an apartment um i think that's just overall like renters you know because miami rate um miami uh cost of living has increased over the past two months like there's people i know who i work with actually left to go to like orlando tampa because miami cost of living has um have increased but i think by like two to three percent so a lot of people are leaving mm. Mm. i already know <laughs> it's really it's really it's really serious. No, Even the people that live in the quote unquote inner city are moving out. Oh, a lot of them. A lot of them. A lot of them are moving up north to for rent and for uh-huh. jobs. You know what I mean? It's all about being able to survive and stay where you can stay. If you're not able to do that, then it, this is why it's imperative that our new black youth and our black people coming up, we need to have a narrative to create own operators in our neighborhood. Yes. Like, so, um, and I was saying, there's a, um, that was not everybody's made to be business owners. I would say again, not everybody's made to be a business owner. But my thing is, like you, I agree with you. It's good. It's a good idea to have a side hustle. No, definitely, definitely. And here's the thing: a lot of people can't be business owners. You know what I mean? Some mm-hmm. people might not have the tenacity, but find somebody else to pair with who might have that um, that skill set that you're looking for to be able to help you start a business, and you can join forces. It doesn't yes. matter. You can have six. facts. Facts. But I, but um, eventually, I, 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 you know, I, me and you, we agree that our community will get better. They will make better decisions for themselves. But just for the time being, it's like um, they continue to struggle when it comes to uh, ownership. No, definitely, definitely. Our economic skill, even though blacks are making, which is which is very, it's very unusual that they they even say this. it's actually a statistics how blacks are making the most money when it comes to like small things. 
but we spend money like we millionaires. Our spending habit is is, is horrible. No, definitely, and 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 it, it hurts. You feel me? Now, um, Shanette. Damn dog, why am I always the one that's always here by myself? Like I'm having to sit here. Listen, 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 listen. Damn. The, hey, the other girls, the other girls think they, they quit. Like they come quit. On now. And listen, today's oh. topic. Today's topic. We talking about black um, black owned businesses. You feel me? Oh, okay. Well, I'm all in then. You let's, see what I'm saying? Like. Talk. You see, but they, it's like today. yeah, today. it's like today. You know what I mean? They thought it, it was full of man hate, but no, we we talk about black owned businesses, and okay, you know, um, so we're asking our, our the topic is how do you why do you think that there's not enough black owned businesses? I just gave a statistics on the amount of black businesses that are owned, and you know what I mean? What you think could be done to help people black businesses start by you being a, a successful business? You know what I mean? Learning to get get the business from A to all right. So first thing, I think that is a misconception. There are a crap load of black business owners. The issue is they are not being referenced or exposed or visible because they're stagnant. They're not receiving the tools needed to elevate their business. So the real thing is why are these black businesses, excuse me, black businesses not getting the proper exposure or as big as your Bloomingdale's or Macy's or, you know, one of these major brands? That's the real question. Because being an entrepreneur and dealing with these pop-up shops, like, I didn't know we had so many businesses. There's a lot of them. Just in Miami, there is a lot of entrepreneurs. And I want to say 90% of them are Black. And some of them, I've been in Miami all my life, I've never heard of. And they're not all brand new businesses. Some of them have been established for a few years. And it's just like, where you been? I never heard of you before. But it's because they don't have the proper tools to get their business from point A to point B, which is why I spoke to you guys before that I wanted to do this conference. And I decided to start doing my own pop-up shops. Everybody, and it's kind of sad because a lot of these Black businesses who are aware of branding and marketing and things like that, they're not providing the tools. Like if you're hosting a pop-up shop, you're not giving these vendors the proper tools to get their exposure or to create enough traffic to get them the exposure so they can advertise or, you know, elevate themselves. It's just like a lot of these hosts are just doing it for money. They're taking your money. They don't want to give you certain things, but yet they're not even advertising you appropriately to make you even look like a legitimate, reputable brand. And I hate that because like I said before, if I feel my business is a great business, and it could be worth a million dollars. I don't want you advertising me on some tacky flyer with just my logo. I'm not McDonald's. I'm not Bloomingdale's. I'm not Sephora. When you see the sign, you're not going to know who my brand is as yet. So there should be a little bit more expansion to provide clarity as to who these brands are. So when people are seeing these flyers, they know who they're trying to see. And it's also branding them because they keep seeing the name in different flyers along with the logo and the information you get to learn oh, okay i know this company they sell this oh yeah i remember seeing this person they were on a flyer you know for a pop up the last time and it becomes repetition and you're helping to build that brand but nobody's not looking at it that way no one is looking at it at a business standpoint everyone is kind of doing these pop ups for selfish reasons which is just making it lucrative for themselves yes hosting a pop up shop can be lucrative however you should 
also be providing value to your vendors because they're the ones that's enabling you to be in that position. Without your vendors, there is no pop-up shops, meaning you don't make no money. Mm. So um, I just think there's a lot of injustice and it's being dealt with unfair, but I think that's completely false. There, Listen, in Miami alone, there is a crap load of vendors that, I mean, are amazing, that provide services, food, clothing, accessories that do work better than what you pay your major brands for, but you never know about them. Okay. Okay. And I agree with you. I'm agree with you, but let me, let me, let me question you. Do you Mm -hmm. think a lot of these businesses fly under the radar? Hell yes. Now, yes. yes. Now, mind you, by them doing that, don't you think it's doing a disservice? Like they're not being counted in this because it's like, I know a bunch of people who have businesses and you are right. There's a lot of people who have businesses, but a lot of it look like they're small mom and pop operations. Some people right. don't even file taxes on their money. Some people don't right. know what a Dun & Bad Street number is or they right. have an LLC or they have business right. credit. So this right. is why I say like, this is why a lot of them do. Can we really even call what you say a, a job? It seems like more of a hustle. Right. And this is something, I, and it's funny you said that because I just did a post in my group chat and it says, um, if you treat your business like a freelancer, you're going to get paid like a freelancer. But if you treat your business, if you want to be treated like a CEO, treat your business like a business. Otherwise, if you treat your business like a freelancer, you get paid like a freelancer. And I thought that was like epic. And it made a lot of sense because a lot of vendors and business owners treat their businesses like it's a side hustle. And I just did a Zoom meeting today. Like this is supposed to be your baby. You're supposed to be looking to evolve in this business. You are supposed to be looking for this to eventually be your nine to five. And you can stop working and busting your ass for somebody else to start putting in that work for yourself. But if you're not putting in the energy, you go to work nine to five, 10 to six, 12, 14 hours, and then you half-ass your stuff for two hours. Or you make sure you go to work every day on time. And when you have to do a pop-up shop or event for yourself, you strolling in late. Mm-hmm. Where does your priority lie? That energy you put into someone else's job, you're supposed to double up on your own business because that's what you're trying to make your bread and butter. So you putting in work elsewhere where the real footwork should be on your own brand. So yes, a lot of these businesses are flying under the radar, but in reality, do any of these small businesses have someone in their circle or just someone they rub shoulders with giving them that information? I had a Zoom, not, not at all. I had a yep. Zoom today and a lot of them were saying they didn't know. Thank you. No one's never told, like they no one speaks to them. And a lot of it is people are scared to speak to other black people. People are defensive. They feel like, oh, you don't got to tell me nothing. I got this. But sis, if you've been doing pop-up shops for two years and you ain't got out of pop-up shop yet, you ain't got it. So it might mm. be worth listening to somebody else to see what they have. And that's something I also stress to them too. You have to be able to network. Don't look at another vendor as equal or less than. There are some vendors who make a crap load of money, but they just like doing what they do. I have a couple of vendors that I I, I want to say they damn they're six figures. I don't know why they're in the pop-up shop. It ain't my business. Maybe they're trying to grow because I know some of their businesses require sales. So I guess the more people they bring in, the more money it brings in for them. So it could be that. Who knows? But you have to treat everybody like they're somebody because that person might know somebody who knows somebody that can put you in a better position. But if you never step outside your box to network and get to know who people are, you never are going to be exposed to opportunities that you could be missing out on. 
I really, I really I think mm-hmm. that I think a lot of people understand. One thing I do want to think, what do you think, what, what advice would you give some people who try to take their idea from, you know what I mean? Cause you know, like you have the old saying, like, like I give you an example. You ever, you ever heard of a girl named Shumkatu Sheskatu? You ever heard of her? Sheskatu? Yeah. She sells like the Haitian patties or something. The Haitian patties. Now, uh-huh. I don't know. If you- I don't know if you remember, a year ago, she was selling that stuff out of her house. Yes, I do remember seeing her on IG. So she moved up now. Yeah, she she has a shop now. Yeah, where they, she where was they popping. Sell. She was popping, and I see she mm-hmm. got the Instagram ads and stuff like that. And I, I thought nice. that was remarkable. I think that was like less than a year. She took it wow. from zero to 100. And right. You know what I mean? And and I think that's the, the resilience of most Black people do that. But a lot of people mm-hmm. ain't going to want to do their business out their house. You feel me? Right. Like, and, a lot, and, I, and I also think... Would a lot of people even buy food from somebody coming out their house? Or so, m- mind you, what what do you think for a person who doesn't have money or maybe dealing with minimum funds, trying to take their idea? Um, they could always start start small and then evolve. Or you know, like I tell people, when you get your income tax money or this pandemic money, flip it. That should that could that's just that's free money you were not expecting to get that you could have used to invest into your business in some way, shape or form. Um, the biggest way I can see people like trying to move quicker is through websites because websites target anywhere you want it to target with your advertisements. Mm-hmm. And if you're, you're putting yourself on social media, showing that you have a website for people to order from makes it easy access. Then I have to call you or I have to pull up to your house or anything like that. So, and, and Cheska too, I remember when she was working at her house, but she had an order site. She had a site that you placed your order with to get to her. You wouldn't just call her and say, hey, let me come place an order. She had it organized. Even though she was selling at her house, you had to go to an app. I forgot what she was using, but you had to go there, order it, and then you pulled up whenever it was ready. But I always would say start small. You don't have to start really huge. It depends on what you're doing. Get a couple of pieces. Um... And as it, you know, makes its money, flip it, buy bigger, flip it, buy bigger and move up or find a little side hustle to generate income, sell some sodas, sell candy, find something people are interested in to just bring in some quick money to, you know, help bring in extra cash and use that money to do what you want to do. How do you feel about people the same business? I, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I find it annoying. The same. I mean, there's going to be competition wherever you go. That That is I mean, true. Go ahead. Having the same business shouldn't matter. It bothers me. Like if I'm doing this business and you, my homegirl, you decided to start doing it too. And it's just like, yeah. wait, that that's annoying to me. Cause it's like, you couldn't find something else to do, yeah. but there's competition wherever you go. Um, I think there are a little bit of saturation um, among certain categories like lip gloss. Oh my God. If I see another lip gloss company, chief, everybody does lip gloss. You're kind of like the first one I've met. Uh, Maybe I might be a little bit out of touch, but I haven't heard of many lip gloss. There's a lot. Trust me. There is a lot. Google put, go on IG for hashtag and put lip gloss and see what pop up. Okay. Okay. There are a lot. Even if like when I attend pop-up shops, there's girls who are their businesses is lashes, but they got lip gloss or they sell hair accessories, but they got lip gloss. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, why is everybody just feel like sticking lip gloss? Basically, But I guess that's what's popping. So, hey, it, it, there is oversaturation. But to me, when if you're choosing to enter a market that's saturated already, you have to find a way to make yourself unique. Why are you coming into a saturated industry? 
you have to be bringing something new to the table. That's just how I feel. You're right. But like, I'll give you an example. You ever, where, where do you live at? What, what area are you? Miami. My, <laughs> <laughs> you ever been on, you ever, I'm going to give you an example. You ever been on 7th Avenue? Of course. Okay. Now from, let's say going from 103rd all the way to mm-hmm. 150, I've uh-huh. counted 20 barbershops and 20 hair salons. What? From 103rd to 7th, and mind you, I didn't even go past 103rd. I physically did that. And my right. and my reason why the numbers are so high, I went into both of those little flea markets that's on 7th Avenue. You know what I'm talking right. about? Right, right. And in mm-hmm. them, they've got a bunch of salons and businesses. Right. So okay. when, and, and, and barbershop, and then you have the mom and pop grocery stores. There are like four mm-hmm. of them, five of them, which mm-hmm. never get no business. You got 20 auto body shops. And, and then I'm saying it's the same old thing. And I'm wondering, like, is a lot of these people doing this because it makes money or this is their passion? This is why I was saying, like, it shouldn't be 20 salons in one block. Like, like but I, hair is what's popping, is what pays. That that is true, but 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 what's what's upon a time you sat in a person hair? If you paid fifty dollars, you're like, damn, I had to pay fifty dollars. Now you happy if you only have to pay a hundred dollars. Yeah, they yeah. get paid for hair. But but you understand? You're right. But then I'm saying to myself, there's other to make me. I don't think everybody has to give me that that big. Yeah, price. but there's there's some people who are just good at it. There are just people who literally just are naturally just really good. So. But don't get it confused. There are some people who are doing hair that don't need to be in no shop, but they're doing hair. There are some barbers who cut hair that you're like, why are you thinking about this? It's not for you, but that's what they do. Yeah, yeah. So it's oversaturated, yes, but not all of them are good. But but then I I, I beg to ask the question, your passion. You know what I mean? Like, for instance, you know what I mean? I want to own, I got a bunch of business ideas. And, and right. the thing, I've, I've got some stuff I do which these are just experimental, but these are things that guys are not, what I'm doing on the side, a lot of people are not doing. You feel me? Right. And and I'm trying to get into things where I don't typically see a lot of people. Doing, right. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because just right. as an experimental, sometimes it's the barrier because I see like, uh-huh. you know I mean? so many people like, what's like Ron brother just started, you feel me? Now. Yeah, that's a major, that's a lot of, a lot of people are doing that. A lot of people are doing that. Now, mm-hmm. now, it, it'll be kind of thing is I start a t-shirt company, but then I'm mm-hmm. saying it's like, there's a low barrier to entry, which everybody can do it. So and I'm like, okay, what else is different? You know what I mean? It just lets me know that, okay, this circumvention. And I also think that's kind of a big, when it comes to business, a lot of people go for the same business. Like any way you go in any neighborhood, in any state, you have a hundred barbers, hundreds, a hundred restaurants. Mm-hmm. And mind you, listen, they don't even do the restaurant thing. Like when the last time you seen a, a black dude with a hot dog? A black dude with a hot dog cart? I haven't. It's usually a Spanish that has a hot dog cart. You see what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, it, that's what that's another business I'm thinking about getting into. I was going to buy a hot dog cart because I don't and see no. And, and I was thinking well, about going. Um, sorry, I'm not going to ask you that. <laughs> I don't say that because you might give it away. Keep no, no, up. no. I, I can give it away because listen here, listen here, sweetheart. I'm not like anybody other person. I'm not big kid. I still need help as well. So if right. you probably give me ideas, I'll take it. So, you know what I mean? My my main objective was I would try to find a a, a, a spot where there's a lot of foot traffic. I was right. thinking like a bus stop or something, but I know the laws are kind of very strict. Within certain Ooh, places. like behind 163rd Street Mall. You know, you yeah. can get all the kids who get out of school. They yeah, yeah, always want to eat. Yeah, that, they be... always want to eat. That was actually, actually a hot idea. Yeah, you see? You see, I, I would think. Look, look, look. Ah, yeah. 
You I'm got have, all these guys, the middle school, the high school, school yeah. people who are just going back and forth to the mall in general. They'll drive by and see something they'll want it. You see, that's the Boom. thing. But I get, I'm gonna need me a gunman too to stand there with me. You so stupid. Or you know, inside, inside. Well, no, what's the no, 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 because like no more. No, no, no. One sixty third is about to be um is about to get get out of business. They they about to tell oh, okay. So so, but but this is what I'm saying. Like there is things that we can do that a lot of people are not right, and to try to inspire more people in their business, right? Open up different, and that's really mm-hmm. and, you know I mean that's why I think that a lot of black people businesses don't survive. I don't think people even do the necessary question to go into an area to see what the neighborhood wants to see what, right. Like I want to open up a coffee shop. Okay, the new black Starbucks. You already know, but when the last time black. you seen when the last time you seen a coffee black owned, shop, a yeah. black owned coffee shop where there's couches, uh-uh. they got the they got the 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 bohemian music playing in the back, right? I mean, with the couches right. and stuff like that. When the last time, listen, when the last time you had a a black owned version of never. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And and, and listen. Black women who are on a weight loss, they drink smoothies by the time. Right. But you know what, too? For the average Joe, that might seem far-fetched because that takes a lot of money. And it, it, that's why it should be a good business. because uh, it, it should be. But they're in, in, in the typical African, African-American's mindset, I ain't got that kind of money to get to that. So that's not going to work. They could think about it all day long, but do they even have good credit to get a loan? Mm-hmm. Even if they got the loan, do they have the proper networking or know who, wh- where, how, or when to even achieve it? And Some people can't even read to even start to think about. It. There's a lot of things that come to that. Right. But I and do understand you. Yeah. But um, yeah, I get you. And I think maybe that would be to have to see if um, I don't know what type of events you see, because I know you do business startup. But do you have to talk about those to start on, on your master? Um, what do you mean? Like um, business credit, Dun and Bradstreet numbers. How to get LLC. well, that would be something I have for the conference. Yeah. Um, in the pop-up shops, I kind of keep it basic because mm-hmm. most of these are entrepreneurs are they're they've been doing the same thing for the long the longest. Mm-hmm. And all they know is just to go from pop-up to pop-up to pop-up. But you know, one of the things I see is that nobody's not branding themselves. Nobody doesn't pay attention to the small details that can help you evolve. Mm-hmm. Like making sure you get information from these customers who come and see you. Don't let a person walk away from your table without getting their information that you can probably retarget them later if they didn't buy today. Mm -hmm. You know, little things like that, having flyers on deck, making sure you look presentable. Some people come out to these pop-up shop like they just drug themselves out of bed. Like you're supposed to be representing your brand, your idea, your ultimate goal is to get in a storefront or be in somebody's store why would suppose a millionaire was shopping with you and you didn't know? Why would they want to invest in you when you look like you're not even interested in investing in yourself? I agree with you, honey. You know, I mean, coming from a business, I definitely think that uh, a thoughtful think, a thoughtful thing about why business surviving. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I, my my last opinion about this. One thing I do notice, I, I notice a lot of black businesses, even growing up, they never utilize the, they never utilize technology or the internet. The younger yes. people are. Like the yes. young girls and the young, yeah, the younger generation, younger mm-hmm. generation. Even for me, when I started businesses, it was all very word them up. I still don't know how to right. work a Facebook group or do Facebook ads. What? You see, I don't know how Stop to do it. that. You see, I need somebody to show Facebook, right. Facebook ads, Instagram ads. And you know what's funny? That's something I said today too, because a lot of these 
some of these business owners are older individuals. Yeah. They are not computer savvy. So this is why I tell them you have to network. Get when you go to these pop-up shops, get to know other vendors. You might bump shoulder with somebody who make website and they're going to look out for you at a discounted price to show you what to do. Like you have to network so you can evolve. Without networking, you're keeping yourself running in place. You have to meet people because you never know who is who and who. Listen, I network with this one girl. I didn't listen. I see her at every event. Every event I've done, she's there like the fair. I know who she was. We speak. Hey, how you doing? I started my pop-up shops. I didn't know this girl was a graphic designer. Mm. And I'm like, shut the front door. So when she saw that I was doing pop-up shops, she reached out to me. Hey, I want to be a part of your shop. I said, okay, cool. And I told her, I said, right now I'm trying to, I'm trying to find a designer. Oh, I do that. Wait, but you sell custom raw hookah tips. What do you mean? She says, no, I have two businesses. How would I have known that if I did not network and speak to her for her to feel comfortable enough to say, hey, Matt, I want to join you. Oh, yeah, by the way, you never know who's who. And networking with people benefits you. It makes you evolve. It keeps you. There could be an event that could be so lucrative and beneficial to you. And you would never know if you don't network. There's Mm. so many different events that's going on. Listen, I did not know how many events there are for entrepreneurs, like dead ass serious. I thought when I see one, like that's the only one that ever exists until the next one. But there's literally like events after events after events. So if you're not networking and meeting people, you'll never get exposed to it. And just in June, I saw about 15 different pop-up shops from people I've networked with. If I didn't do that, I wouldn't have known they even existed. So there's so many different opportunities, but you have to make yourself open to meet new people and engage so you can learn about them. Oh, definitely. I got it. I got I got a few questions. Now, how did your partner came up event the business to try to help business? Um, tired of the same BS at pop-up shops, tired of not being advertised properly, tired of you're trying to elevate and move forward, do branding and marketing and not having the proper help or not knowing where to go. And, or you might reach out to someone who probably has somebody that could assist you, but they're being cold or acting snooty. Like they don't want to give the information because somehow they think your elevation is going to demise theirs for some reason. I I don't know, but I just feel I've met some really, like when I tell you, I've met some business owners that I think they should be in a store, like they should be millionaires because they have like million dollar products you know, or they sell items that I could just see the whole world going crazy for. And they're not. And I'm just like, why? Like, I don't know. Who would I go to? Like, all they know is just to make their stuff and come out and sell it to everybody who buys. They don't know how to get to that next step. They don't know who to go to. They don't have a business frame of mind. Is it their fault? No, because if you weren't raised like that or taught those things, you're not going to know how. So the only way you're going to know how is if somebody reaches out to you or you coincidentally overhear somebody or speak to somebody. But an average Joe who lives in the pork and beans who just, you know, make cups every day, even though it's the the rawest cups and they sell out, they're not going to know how to get out pork and beans to Walmart or, you know, the mom mom and pop stores to, you know, get wholesale prices and make bulk money. There's a lot of different things to that. So I just wanted to provide an outlet, answers and direction 
to the entrepreneurs because I just feel it's unfair that so many great businesses are out there, but they're going under the radar because they don't know how and there's nobody, nobody who's going to say anything. And I feel like if you're a host and you're doing these pop-up shots with these same people every day and you're not providing some type of tool to elevate them or push them or motivate them to be better, you're fucked up. Like, gee, shit. I just think you're, you're fucked up for that. Because you're making all this money and you're not bringing nothing back to these vendors who's putting the money in your pocket. And um, how long? Which one? The pop-up shop or the conference? The conference. Uh, the conference we're looking at is going to probably be about four to five hours. Okay. Um, because, yeah, because the beginning portion of it is the information, providing the direction, the details. The second half of it is for the deep dive where you actually have a marketing team who deals with marketing and branding that works with you one-on-one, looks into your brand, gives you a blueprint and says, okay, hey, this is what you got and this is what you've been doing. Whatever your goal is, they, they have to know that as well. If your goal is to be in a store, your goal is to own your own store. Whatever it is, this is the blueprint for you to get from point A to point B. So if this is what you want to be, this is what you're going to have to do. And they can, if they got the money, they run the whole nine yards. If they don't have the money, at least they have the blueprint to take their baby steps little by little to get them to that point. But at least they have a goal. Right now, people are just working, making stuff and selling it. But there's no goal. You have to have a goal to achieve to get to your final destination. So the whole key is to give the entrepreneurs a goal, force them to create a goal. And here's how you get to that goal. And this is what you have to do. So if you follow your guidelines, you're going to get there. And they work with the teams, you know, websites, marketing tools, postings, advertise, whatever it is, they do it all. You finished. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, and that's a good thing. You know what I mean? I guess. Uh, and I want everybody to when, when is it? When is it? Uh, we had to reschedule because uh, of conflict. It's going to be in July. Um, yeah, it's going to be in July. I'm waiting for a final date right now. Are you going to have people recording it? Yes, we actually have, um, I think her name is live pop-up. She's actually volunteering her services to come out because she loves the whole idea of what we're doing for small business owners. No, I, I love the idea. It's imperative. We have that type of, maybe I can strong woman and maybe get back oh, in my feminine. You know what? <laughs> That's <laughs> cool. And then, I, it's, you know, because it's going to be held in Miami Gardens, I'm also going to look to have um, the mayor because we have a, a little bit of a rapport with him. Who, and he one? does. Reggie? Oliver? Or, um, no, Oliver. Oliver? Oliver? Oh, Oliver ain't the man no more. He not. No, oh, see, I'm back there. Yeah, 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 um, but he's still a reputable individual. Yeah, he is. Like, hey, we we trying to get Oliver. We need an interview with Oliver. Shut the front door. Yeah, yeah. He's, if you call, if you reach out to him, I know he has Facebook. If you reach out to him. Like they're responsive and we've done events in the past and he showed face and spoke. Wow. wow. Yeah. He's, he's very involved in the community. If you have things going on and you let him know with enough advance notice, he'll put it in his books. I, I, I would love to talk to all of it. I think. Love yeah. He's down to earth. Maybe, maybe you could broke it as a boss. He's so silly. You know what? I hear you. He still sees it as a boss. Was, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because I, uh, I, I like what he had did, but yeah, we definitely. So we definitely going it like this. You know what I mean? This is um black business tips with our beautiful Shanette. <laughs> you know what I mean? Even though the other ones were too scared to come online, we didn't scare them away. Praise the Lord. I'm that you know. I, and out. I'm talking heavy smack because they don't go listen to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> 
they they thought they were working. Oh my god, they just want to argue. But hey, we out 100%. Peace. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Man, I just appreciate y'all just listening. Stay tuned for the next episode.